got this set up down to a science. <laughs> that was fast today. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I better check before we actually do it, but I think we're on to question of the month week or month five. Yeah. So I was just saying that we're uh, almost halfway through the season. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What's going on here? No internet? It's the stone wall. Well, I guess regardless, we're doing it. Yeah. Um. This one, I can't name this one Sniffles again, but I got another sinus infection, and uh, you're probably going to hear me coughing and... Wheezing a little. Yeah, probably sound very nasally. Or what's the opposite of nasally? I don't know. That's a good question. You ever notice that hole in the wall you can see right into the room? Down at the bottom? No, at the top. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I just noticed the one at the bottom, but now that I see that there is another one up there, too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, my nose is stuffed, so how, I couldn't, couldn't be nasally, right? Whereas um, nasally when your nose is stuffed, it's like... I think a, that's... It's like anti-nasally. Yeah, like anti-pasty. Anti-pasta. Uh, Anti-pasta. <laughs> Chris, I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> Some somebody we were talking to, he actually thought that's that was the pronunciation. Anti pasta. We won't hold it against you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, so I can't get on to our podcast thing. I don't know if it's our internet or their website, but um, we'll call this question of the month five, episode nineteen <clears throat> out of. Uh, Season three. Yeah. But uh, before before we get into that, we better thank our sponsor, Hayfla. Hayfla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Lux LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Ed and Rich. Yeah. I actually I just got off the phone with Rich. Um, I had to get some slides, needed some 15 inch slides. That was, uh, that was the thing that I forgot to order over the weekend. Sometimes you, when you realize that you're forgetting something, sometimes you actually find out what it is. <laughs> Whereas sometimes you just live the, no. the rest of your life in mystery. Yeah, you don't know. Anyway, I'm trying to keep my whistle wet. Yeah, and that's not a euphemism. No. Um, where the hell's my cell phone? There it is. So, let's see what we got. Yeah. Reach into the bag. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I coughed and my face cramped. Pulled the muscle. Uh, we got one here from NB Wood Finery on Instagram. Question for the pod. Do you guys use a combination blade on the table saw or switch it out when ripping hardwoods and cutting plywood? I've tried the combo blades, uh, Forest Woodworker 2, but didn't like the higher tooth count for solid woods. Thanks. I think I'm pretty sure his name is Nick. Well, we got three saws. Yeah, now. Yeah. Well, we had two, so it's not that. We got 50% more saws now. 
So everybody's got a dedicated purpose. Yeah. Um, we've yet to put a crosscut blade on the saw stop. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, I think we have on the, on the unisaw is like probably a 40 tooth combo blade. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I think on the saw stop, we have that 50 tooth combo blade. Yeah. And then on the slider, we have, uh, a 100 tooth double face laminate blade. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a good question because that's what you're faced with. We used to, we used to change blades. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, we would keep the, com you know, the combo for, for combo all, woods. For all woods. Yeah, yeah. And then plywood, double face laminate blade for plywood. Yeah. Yeah. I used to use the woodworker too a lot. Um, I especially liked it when I had, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, it's catching. Yeah. When I started with the contractor's saw, they had a thin curve, uh, that company. Yep. It was, you know, those are good for underpowered saws. I like the woodworker, too. I found that they were just sort of overpriced. Um, like, yeah. you could get the same or more blade for less money. They, You know, they were kind of like leaning on the branding a little bit the reputation as, you know, yeah. you see in fine woodworking as top, you know, whatever. But the Everlast blades, I'll be honest, they I don't rock. think they could be beat for, you know, in terms of price and performance. Yeah, bang for buck, those things are awesome. We'll see. Tools today, I think, is thinking about sending us on the mana. Well, then, you know, uh, we're going to, you know, we switch allegiances. Yeah, like, we'll uh, just drop Everlast <laughs> like a hot, hot potato. <laughs> We we'll make adjustments. Yeah, uh, we have an Amana non-ferrous metal blade. It's great. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not like we don't use the product. Oh no. Yeah, we all, have a, almost we have, all the shaper tooling, aside from the freeborn stuff, is Amana. Yeah, we have. Tons oh, actually, of stuff. all of it is yeah. Amana and freeborn. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. I mean, it would be the uh, the forty tooth is pretty good with ripping. Like, we don't get a lot of uh, binding or burning or anything like that. No. I think if you keep it sharp, it's it's a decent rip blade. Uh, you can go down to, like, a 24 tooth um, and still get a clean... You get a nice, clean cut. I think that uh, people mistake... They make the mistake of thinking that a 24 tooth ripping blade is going to give you not a clean rip. Um, it's not really the case. It, it has everything to do with direction of the grain. So you get a really clean cut with a 24 tooth blade. Um, but again, if you have a 40 tooth and, it, and it's sharp and clean, then it, then you should be getting a really good rip with that too. Yeah. And if your tools are set up, your machines are set up really nice and you keep nice fluid motion. I mean, that helps too. Yeah. With burning and things. Yeah. I mean, we're also not using like all the wood has been jointed and everything. So it's nice and flat. It's not like we're, you're pushing curved pieces of wood through the table saw. Oh yeah. God, no. Uh, so let's see. What do we got next? What kind of tea you drinking there? Um, I'll be honest. I don't remember and I can't tell because I can't taste it. <laughs> This is from uh, Michael Lubatz. Hope I'm saying that right. L-U-B-A-C-Z. Lubax? C-Z? Yeah. Huh. 
to say that's pronounced with an X, no? I don't know. I, I mean, that, there was a CZ motorcycle when I was growing up. Lubax? Lubatch? Lubetch? Well, sorry, Mike, because I'm yeah, probably probably butchering the... it one way or another. Um, I think he might be a local guy. I, th I recognize the name from Instagram. Hello, gents. How about a shop storage question? I've been primarily a power tool user for many years, but have started building a hand tool collection over the last two or three. I'm finding the hybrid approach more to my liking and feel. It certainly improved the quality of my projects with the ability to fine-tune the fit and piece. Now, being the proud owner of quality chisels, a few hand planes, scrapers, and so on, most of the tools are in a toolbox drawer. I want to get these commonly used items out of the drawer and in reach, but I find myself starting to plan and build tool holders or storage solutions only to scrap it and move on to something else because I get lost in how simple or complex to make it. I need to just shut up and do it. I know this. In your opinions, when you need a storage solution, do you just make what's basic and functional and after some fine tune? And after some use, fine-tune or remake when it's needed? Or do you spend time laying everything out and aiming for a one-and-done build? Quick and simple plywood holders on a wall or something a little nicer from Project Scraps? What do you guys like to do in these situations? Thanks, Mike. That's another good question. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll interject. And I did look up, and CZ is pronounced like C-H in cherry. Blue batch. Yeah, so unless his name's been anglicized. Like, like Serio. <laughs> Matthew Serio. We think you're saying your name wrong. Yeah. And my name even, Barone. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, yeah, we destroy all the names. Welcome to America. Now yeah. let, us, <laughs> let us fix your name so that we can all say it. All right, you go first. I got to catch my breath. Well... Um, I think, you know, back in the, in the earlier days, we, when we had more time, we, we found a lot of joy in making something cool out of hardwood and, um, you have a nice place to put it, it and like the, the tool chest thing, like the, on the wall, all that stuff is really cool. It's just. It's it's not practical as far as uh, the time that it takes. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with Mike where I overanalyze. Like I've wanted to build a a nice um, tool cabinet, mm -hmm. and I bought like the System X or whatever it is pegboard that has the five sixteenths threaded holes, which was nice. And I thought I was going to do a bunch of stuff with that, but again, it's like I don't want to. <clears throat> underthink it or overthink it and then spend a bunch of time doing something that's either going to be, you know, become overly complicated or it's not going to serve the, the function that it's supposed to. And then I wasted all this time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now it's kind of just like cobble something together and live with it, you know, until you can't. And then maybe, maybe you came up with an idea that's good enough to then version two is going to be, that much better. Yeah, I, I think by necessity, these things have to go through stages because, you know, you, you you build it and you use it and it's like the shop, I mean, goes through those yeah. those progressions and just, and, and then you find out, well, this doesn't work or 
boy, this would be really good if, if I just changed this a little bit. Um, I mean, you could never build a tool cabinet and it'd be the, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if you did, you might as well stop woodworking because it means that, you know, you're not progressing as a woodworker. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of like the, um, those, uh, mechanics tool chests, you know, they're pretty cool. They roll around. I could see something like that with that Kaizen foam in there. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it seems course, like blasphemy though for yeah. like hand planes. It eliminates the, the joy of building something and, uh, and just the aesthetic. Yeah. Um, mountain guy, mountaintop joiner shop. Uh, he's got some fantastic plane tills and stuff. Yeah. I, I always wonder how heavy those things are. Like, you know, when people make uh not the wall mounted version, but sort of like the, the, the tool chest version. Yeah. Where, those things got away a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried a long time ago. I tried making like a, a prototype box, you know, out of plywood and stuff like that. And it was so impractically heavy yeah. to move around by myself. I scrapped the whole idea. For like installs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's... You know, I was thought I would be taking this and that and the other thing, and it was it was a it was a cold bucket of water learning experience. That's what sustainers are for. Yeah, yeah. Even the sustainers get heavy. Oh yeah, and they're almost you know weigh nothing. Yeah, there's there's nothing to them. Yeah. Um, but I I think, um, given the right amount of time I would really enjoy working on something like that. Like, you know, making the bench, making drawers, making auxiliary things. Oh yeah. Um, but that's sort of like almost a year long project in my mind, you know, where you're sort of, you're just tinkering. Yeah. I I think as a professional, that kind of stuff is very hard to bring yourself to do. That's a retirement thing. I mean, listen, if I get a Saturday (laughs) where I don't have to be here working on actual work, that's the thing, too. I'm going to come here and then stare at work that has to get done while I'm working on some shit for my, to hold my chisel. Yeah. Um, You know, I always found it, it was, uh, it was sort of like a break. Back when I was uh, um, working by myself, I'd go in on Saturday and it'd clear my head. Yeah, you know, to, just to get away from the 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 work work. No, there's no escaping the work. <laughs> no, it's only way it's to escape it is you. to get it done. <laughs> yeah, it's waiting for you. But I, I found I found uh, that I enjoyed you know having like a side project. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the workload, I guess. Yeah. Right now, there's no... Uh, there's no room for that. Mentally, there's no... For me, at least, there's no room for any side any side projects. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Like, I'm on version two of Chisel Holder. You know, I had version one, which was... Uh, I forget what. I think it was made out of cherry. Now I'm on version two. It's made out of walnut. And I made changes that made it better Mm -hmm. but again it's just one of those things where and it's like the tyranny of the urgent where 
there's always something that has to get done that's more important than oh yeah you know, I, having I, your chisels in a in a fancy little thing you know i wish i had a place to put my drivers <laughs> yeah Forget about the, the hand tools. Yeah, my bench is just crammed full of shit right now. You know, the stuff that I really use every day. <laughs> yeah, mine are just sitting in the tool well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, my chisels are just sitting on a shelf. You open up the door and they're just sitting in there. <laughs> mine are stabbed into a piece of foam and they're under in that space between the bench top and the uh cabinet where the yeah. where the dogs go um i mean when we're doing casework and stuff like that it's there's almost no call for them unfortunately yeah you know because we're doing plywood casework we're not building like a you know a repro piece of furniture or anything like that every now and again you know gets called in but usually it's casework, face frames, um, you know, machine joinery. But I, I like the shoulder plane for uh, cleaning up the, you know, mortise and tenon joint. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't reach for a hand tool too often. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not a ton. Well, thank you for that question. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Here is one from Matthew Erb. Uh, got a question for your next Q&A regarding figured wood. How do you decide when to incorporate figure into your designs? Do you apply it based off of a specific style, client request, designer spec, or personal whims? When would you avoid using figured wood in a piece, and how picky are you when selecting clear stock? Yeah, you want to take it first? Um, I mean, to be honest, we really don't use, I mean, we haven't used, like, a figured wood. Like, we get wood, wood comes in that is figured, but it's we haven't, like, specified a figured wood on a project um, unless I'm misremembering. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I, in the past I've done, you know, five or six jobs where it was spelled out, but it was something that you had to present and sell to the client right. in a sense. It's like, here's the design. And for these panels, we're going to use bird's you know, eye maple. Right. Um, and most people they don't really want that. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least the, the clientele that we're running into, you know, they want something a little bit uh, tamer, as I'll say. As, yeah. And more, more linear and symmetrical. and Yeah, less uh, organic and more um, sort of crammed into a box. Mm -hmm. uh, guys like Bliss, you know, like he uses a lot of tiger maple. He uses a lot of... Uh, of uh, bird's eye maple and it fits with those, you know, reproduction. Oh yeah. Style that maybe they're not, uh, 
actual reproductions, but those reproduction style, those period style yeah. pieces. Period style, that's the way to put it. I think, um, yeah. You know, we're not doing veneer work with sunbursts and stuff like that or, you know, uh, burl, framed burl with piping and stuff like that. It's just, or, you know, string inlay. It's, um, I don't know, it's just not really something that we have gotten into. No. I mean, we do a lot of book matching and uh, what would you call like grain matching where we're, you know, cutting the doors out of, uh, you know, a larger piece so that when the doors close, you could see the. Yeah. Um, Just grain matching, I guess. Um, so we do take that sort of care, but um, create some balance in the piece. But yeah, it's. um. It's not something we've we've been asked to do, actually. No. I mean, most people don't have the stomach for the price of real wood anyway. <laughs> um, you know, you can use uh, figured veneer, which is mm -hmm. very common because it, obviously it's cheaper than using solid wood. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I in the past when I've done it, I used to go through a lot of wood because you get really finicky and like the trying to match up like two doors sometimes can be uh, a task. Yeah. And this one's a little darker. This one, the figure goes this way, the figure on this one going the other way. Uh -huh. and, um, yeah. So it can be pretty costly. And I didn't have, um, you know, a nice, uh, wide belt sander back then either. Yeah. You know, so sometimes, and I was running straight knives. This is way back in the Stone Age. So <laughs> there's there's more problems there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and then really you got figured wood, like you, you're going to want to do a scraped finish or a plain finish because yeah. otherwise you're not, you're dulling out the figure. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like a whole other sector of uh, woodworking, really. Yeah, yeah. Is lots of little tricks and things like that to go along with that. Um, did we answer, I mean, everything in his question? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say the short answer is we really uh, just don't do it. Uh, sort of just by happenstance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hold uh, sorry. Up. Oh, fine. Well, as I just smack into the microphone. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got one here from a patron. Oh, it's always nice to hear from the patrons. Yeah, Chris Larson, a.k.a. Midnight Maker. <coughs> oh, jeez. Question for the podcast. As a fledgling YouTuber, is it acceptable to say your video is sponsored by a company even though it isn't? <laughs> I know it's a lie, but is it a victimless crime that may help real sponsors feel more comfortable sponsoring future videos? <laughs> the unsuspecting company gets free advertising and my channel might become a larger part of my side hustle. Thoughts? I know you guys are going to say no, but I'd like the devil's advocate debate. I do have some videos that are truly sponsored and have some future deals to follow through with if that helps. Well, thanks for writing in, Chris. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um... I mean, is there really a benefit? Let's first off think about it. Is there really a benefit saying 
This video is sponsored by DeWalt Tools. Uh, yeah, I think it, it brings legitimacy. A, or? I think it brings an air of legitimacy. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially if it's a brand that people respect, mm -hmm. you know. Well, the first, the first uh, part of the question is: Is it acceptable to say your video is sponsored by a company, even though it isn't? I mean, I'm gonna, say, I'd say no. Yeah, I would, I would say that's kind of a lie. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't get behind that. Yeah, it's definitely, um, mis, you know, misleading. Um, right, like what have we said? Uh, you know, this podcast is sponsored by Mercedes Benz. Did you know that Mercedes Benz gives us vehicles to drive? Um, I don't know. Does that? Oh well, yeah, you don't even have to take it that far. I mean, even just saying it's sponsored when it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, victimless crime. I don't know. Let's see. Depends well, on how you define victim. You know. Yeah. Do you have to be uh, actually harming someone in some way, like whether it be uh, physically, monetarily, emotionally, whatever? Well, is misleading a listener? Is that do they are they victims? Yeah, I mean, I I would say so. Like you're saying, wow, this guy's got some uh, credibility. He's got something going on. Look who's sponsoring him. He must know what he's doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't sponsor him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the more you you dive into it doesn't really seem victimless yeah i mean it'd be like if you were a uh let's say you were a a um a basketball like you ran a basketball camp oh there's a okay. and then you know at the you have like a whatever you go go to schools or something i don't know what the hell am i trying to say here you go to places and you're like yeah you know i played for the knicks mm-hmm uh you know, or I went to, you know, I played for the North Carolina Tar Heels with Michael Jordan. And did you know that Le LeBron James endorses my camp? Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, well, I guess, you know, there you're getting paid by people. So it's a little bit different, but I wonder what a more realistic analogy would be. Yeah. So um, it's an interesting tack to, to take. Like I, I wouldn't think of doing something like that. Like I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, uh, there's plenty of liars out there on YouTube, so <laughs> don't feel, yeah. don't feel too bad, Chris. <laughs> uh, you could just go for it. <laughs> as far as the, the shenanigans going on out there, that's pretty tame. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people make a career out of just lying about, you know, what they know. Right, right. Um, he's not misrepresenting what he knows. Right. So it's it's not terrible. No, but I do feel like it almost... Uh, sorry, moving the microphone. We got to get shock mounts for these things. Um, it almost cheapens what you do know, you know, mm. because if you were to be found out, yeah, People that are would gonna be, be like, what's this guy's deal? You know, he was saying he was sponsored by Lee Valley, and he wasn't. Yeah, the that's where um, 
like the cover up, what happens like when politicians get caught doing stuff. Oh, yeah, it was know? like with Nixon with Watergate. They said the cover up was worse than the crime. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it might seem trivial, but when you get found out, and you will get found out. Yeah. But now you really can't do it. Because <laughs> now all these people know. Yeah. Did we say Chris Midnight Maker? That's well, not who wrote that in. That was somebody no. else. Noontime Maker. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I would just, uh, I would just hold out for the videos that have a real sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll be sweeter. I'd say you know. If you want to talk about, just maybe talk in the video about a sponsor that you're working on getting or that you'd like to get, you know, mm -hmm. that's engaging for the the viewers um, and they'll feel invested in sort of your whole uh, journey as a YouTuber, you know, yeah, to grow I, with you. That's a good idea. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, we got one here from Marjuk El Alahi. Hi, dear. I hope this message finds you well. My name is Marjuk, and I'm an experienced Facebook advertising specialist with a proven track record in the furniture industry. With yeah. over three years of experience, I'm confident that my knowledge and expertise can help your business achieve its goals. Oh, wait. This is just a, an advertisement that we got. What about our Dun & Bradstreet number? Specializes in creating customized advertising strategies that are tailored to your business and reach your target audience effectively. I don't even know how anybody gets this email address. Uh, we got one here from our buddy Chris. Chris Canor. Was actually talking to Chris today on uh, Clubhouse. I'm probably too late for a question of the month, but I want you guys to know how much I appreciate your knowledge and how good uh, how good season two was. I learned a lot each week. I also appreciate your discount codes. Does having these really make an impact on your show? While I know a 15% code to a vendor, Bits and Bits, is great, does it really help you? I'm forwarding an email I got back from Bits and Bits after I inquired about the code not working. You can see the note I put in with my full price order. The next day, I received this refund notification. I hope this helps you guys. Keep up the good work. CK, my personal email. You're lucky to have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Chris ordered from Bits and Bits. Um, and he wrote in, I tried using American Craftsman Code for 15% off. Can you adjust my order? Those guys do a good job of promoting you, CK. And they actually... Um, they... Um, Honored the coupon code, even though it's no longer, we're no longer working with bits and bits. Mm -hmm. um, nice. Yeah. So they, they honored it, which is really nice. Yeah. So the question is, does having these really make an impact on your show? Well, I know a 15% code to a vendor is great. Does it really help you? Um, I mean, the long and short of it is bits and bits uh, was a sponsor of the show. So, you know, they would get a, an ad read and, uh, Part of the whole thing is, you know, to, 
to ha to have an ad is good, but they want to entice people, obviously, to go to the website and, and buy, buy something. So, yeah. um, in order to do that, they you know give you a personalized coupon code, which was American Craftsman, and uh, they hope that it you know drives people to the site. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, the coupon code itself, uh, whether you p whether people went to bits and bits and bought stuff or not you know, we still got compensated for the ad because it was it was in the show no matter what. Right. Um, so the coupon code itself, no, I mean, they're really um, like, well, it's like a multi-layer question, I guess. For bits and bits, no. Uh, for vesting, yes. Like we're affiliates with vesting. So uh, we see direct uh, affiliate commission from every sale that uses the coupon code, mm -hmm. American Craftsman. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Myoderm and, and, uh, Vesting, we're affiliates. Myoderm, uh, we should take it down because last time I reached out, I didn't even hear from them. So who knows if, you know, what's yeah. going on with them? Yeah. I wonder what's going on if they're, they're still in business or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Myoderm. We've been over here scratching and tweaking because we, we haven't had any Myoderm. Yeah, we need our myoderm fix. Oh, they still got their website up. Still listed at GNC. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we didn't really perform uh, well for them, you could say. And they, I don't know, they didn't want to deal it. with us anymore. But, you know, at least answer my email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it... Uh, it gives them a way to sort of gauge how um, our listeners respond. Oh yeah, to us and yeah, it's a way to measure the return on investment for the mm -hmm. for the ad. Um, you know that's why uh, 3M. We were working with 3M. There was a personalized link, so anytime somebody clicked on that link, they knew that they came to the 3M website because of the the podcast. Um, similar thing, just a little bit uh, less high tech. Yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting question too. It's very good. Yeah. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have a, a comment that came in it's from our uh, buddy Dave, Dave Vitamin, Robin Jeff. I heard you recently made a thousand salt cellars and thought. Congratulations, we're in order. Not only is salt a nuanced topic, but teaching a thousand people to market and sell salt as a profession is a formidable task. <laughs> and yet he has sellers. <laughs> S-E-L-L-E-R. -E -E yeah. The world is a tastier place with Green Street's army of salt sellers. It's nice to see Jeff putting his restaurant experience to good use. And Rob. Yeah. Thank you, David. Oh. <laughs> He's always got a, a clever... A witticism. Yep. Um, yeah, so we'll be making 500 more in, uh, pretty soon. Though, I mean, I got to check in with Okooch. We should be getting that pretty soon. Yes, the the wood. Yeah, because I ordered that... Uh, let's see. Ordered that inboxes Okooch January 26th. What's today? The second? Is today Groundhog Day? Yeah. 
uh, Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow. I don't know. Allie sent me this before, though. I just opened a read. A New Jersey councilwoman shot and killed impossible targeted attack outside her home. Wow. What city? Uh, uh, oh, shit. Sayerville. That's right down the street. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. What does it say? Uh, four was inside her white SUV when she was shot Wednesday night, officials said. She sustained multiple gunshot wounds and was pronounced dead at the scene. Holy shit. Lived in the townhouse complex where she was killed. The motive for the shooting was not immediately disclosed. Police did, did not say if a suspect was identified or an arrest had been made. That's some serious stuff. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't uh, I didn't realize it was Sayerville. That's like, I mean, from here, only like three, three, four towns, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 15 minutes. I mean, that's yeah. it. Uh, let's see. I don't see anything about Groundhog's Day. Oh, it's got, it's got to be like top news. I don't read it. Well, you got to look into the... Punks and Tony Phil predict six more weeks of winter. Oh, that stupid groundhog's never done. Never right. <laughs> Here we go. The movie? Quebec groundhog dies before making Groundhog Day <laughs> pr prediction. <laughs> Here's another headline. Same same story. Instead of predicting length of winter, groundhog simply dies. Aww. Fred is dead in Quebec. Willie and Sam at odds over spring's arrival. Canadian groundhog Fred La Marmotte found dead before Groundhog Day. <laughs> He's a marmot. Oh my God. Fred is dead in Quebec. That's funny. Groundhog Day tragedy. Canada's Punxsutawney Phil. Anyway, we got six more weeks of winter. Uh, <coughs> it's been so mild. I know. It's going to get freezing cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday's going to be seven, I think. Yeah. Tomorrow night and uh, Saturday. Yeah. So when, um, when Matthew Serio was here a couple weeks ago, he brought us two sealed <laughs> envelopes. This one says, question of the month, to be opened, to be open while recording, not before, on your honor. And then envelope number two, to be opened only after answering the question on air. So we've been holding on to these for two, three weeks. Yeah. And we haven't peaked. So let's see. We're going to open them up. This, this is the uh, last question. Feel bad cutting through a sticker. You, you can hear the envelope actually opening. Got some thick duct tape on there. Yeah. 
It's a little paragraph. To my good sirs at Green Street Joinery, I apologize for need for insured honesty, but it is for your own protection and the integrity of your podcast. <laughs> By sealing this question in a tamper-proof envelope, it ensures that your listeners get a true reading of your vast knowledge of joints. Since you are Green Street Joinery, I would like you to demonstrate that you can live up to your name by listing for us as many different types of joints as you can without searching the internet on your honor. And then identify which you feel is the strongest. After you are done, you may open the envelope too to see how you fared. Enjoy. Yours oh, truly and sincerely, Matthew Serio, known in your circles as Arciano Serio. Or Serio. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to open a little uh, document to uh, keep track. Yeah. Let's see. I'm move the microphone a little bit. Who was it? Keith told me that this, uh, I was like, man, I told him about the envelope thing. I was like, what the hell could be in there? I'm like, last, you know, last time it was about killing homeless people with Taylor <laughs> Swift. Keith, Keith assured me that it was it was not that type of question. Taylor Swift with right. the candlestick. Let's see. Pages in, in the, the dining, dining room. room. All right. Joints. I mean, we'll start off with the easiest, easiest one. The butt joint? Shout out to Ed Johns. Butt joint. Then we got a miter. Yeah. Half lap. Half lap. Bridle. Yeah. Of course, mortise and tenon. Mortise and tenon. Uh, you know, dovetail. Dovetail. Um, well, can we go like through tenon? Half blind dovetail, um, things like that. Um, peg tenon. Yeah, I feel like that's getting a little too. Because there could be an infinite uh, variations on those mm -hmm. things. Yeah, you know, got a houndstooth dovetail. We got a sunrise dovetail. We got a a. Uh, an inlaid dovetail. We got a mitered dovetail, a, a half blind dovetail, a full blind dovetail, a through dovetail. All right. What about a rabbit? Rabbit. Rabbit joint. R A B B E T for those of you out there who didn't know that. Dado. Is that considered a joint? I think that'd be a tongue and groove. Yeah. There you go. Tongue and groove. Um, ship lap is that the same as lap half lap? no that's that's a well wouldn't that just be a type of a rabbit joint uh, yeah just like a different configuration yeah, yeah what's the joint called where you just lay two pieces of wood kind of near each other and then you fill the middle with epoxy <laughs> the river joint river joint we're putting that <laughs> That counts. I bet you don't have that on there, Serio. <laughs> Scarf? Scarf joint. Um, 
There's probably some super obvious ones that we're forgetting. Yeah. Let's see. Um, finger. Oh yeah. Finger joint. What? I guess you can't use lock miter if you got miter. Yeah, I was just thinking about a lock miter, but I guess yeah. I mean, again, you're getting into semantics or yeah. uh, specifics. Um. What do you call that that uh, that drawer joint? That's sort of like uh, like you know you ever see it's a it's a rabbit bit set that makes um, drawer boxes and it's kind of like a lock miter, but it's like a you know like a you ever see it's like one side kind of hooks onto the other. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. I'm about. really fishing now but i've seen like those router bit sets it's like that, a rabbit but the it has like a little tongue on it yes too. yes it's perpendicular like, to the thing grabs on there yeah yeah uh sliding dovetail yeah i was thinking that yeah. too i put it on there i feel um, like that's specific enough yeah um what about something with a peg um, um, what about, uh, mm, yeah, like, you know, if you're doing like, a, uh, like if you're putting in one of those draw bores or whatever, isn't that, I mean, it, it's, it's a mortise and tenon though. Yeah. With a. With a drawboard. Um, okay. Uh, I'm running dry. Yeah, that's why I'm bad at like stuff like Scrabble. Because I think and think and then my mind just goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> Herringbone? No, that's a pattern. Yeah. Um... How thick is this second envelope? Well, I guess you can fit a lot of one oh, piece of paper. Yeah. Are we tapping out? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll, so we got uh, butt joint, miter, half lap bridle, mortise and tenon, dovetail, rabbit, tongue and groove, river joint, scarf, finger joint, sliding dovetail, plus all the things we didn't write down, like the half blind dovetail, the full blind dovetail, the miter dovetail, the... Uh, you know, pegged mortise and tenon, the tusk mortise and tenon with the yeah. tusk, uh, all that. Yeah. All the different kinds of lap joints. Oh, what about the, uh, see, it's another miter, like the three, you know, like when you join the miter in the corner. Oh, castle joint. Castle joint, yeah, three-way miter. But yeah, I mean. There's a lot of variations on the. Right. On the basics. It's like you have the mother sauces. Right. So we're going to have to discount the numbers of the repetitive uh, ones in there. Oh, man. I see like 40, 30 or 40 on here. Yeah. But joinery is another word for like fabricating furniture, not not uh, jointery. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 93. 
<laughs> I thought I thought it was going in this direction. <clears throat> I gotta I gotta reset my chair for this one. Oh my god! I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Tongue in cheek. Here is my research on the topic of joints and which one I consider the strongest. Number one, Asian fantasy. Number two, 007 Kush. Number three, <laughs> Blue Haze. Number four, Cherry Kush. Number five, Exodus. Number six, Kryptonite OG. Number seven, Memphis Bell. Number eight, 2010. Number nine, Bubba Kush. Number 10, Chocolope. <laughs> what is that, like a chocolate cantaloupe? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be a chocolate antelope. <laughs> 11, Flaming Dragon. Wow, you smoke some of this stuff. It might be. Uh, 11, Flaming Dragon. Number 12, LA Confidential. Number 13, Mercury OG. Number 14, Bull Rider. 15, Cotton Candy Kush. 16, Grape Ape. 17, Lamb's Bread. 18, Michael Phelps. 19, Be Real OG 2.0. 20, Burmese Kush. 21, Cream OG. 22, Hawaiian. 23, Lemon Skunk crossed with OG number 18. 24, Michael Phelps Choice OG. 25, just called Obama. <laughs> 26, Martian Candy. 27, Hero Juana. 28, Diablo OG Kush. 29, Cali Gold. 30, Betsy. 31, Big Wrench. 32, Canna Clinic OG. 33, Don Cristo. Hold on, folks. We're only a third of the way through. 34, Hindu Kush. 35, Master Kush. 36, OG Afghani. 37, Bloom Kush. 38, Casey Jones. 39, Durban Poison. 40, Hindu Skunk. 41, Master's Mistress. 42, Organic XJ13. That's one name? Yeah. I don't know if that's a cross or like a X, like a hybrid. I don't know. 43, Platinum Jack. 44, Matanuska Misk. Mist. Matanuska Mist. 45, Ja OG Kush. 46, Electric Perps. 47, Cheese. 48, Blue Dreams Plus. 49, Platinum Ogar Kush. OG? Is that supposed to be OG? 50, Romulan Kush. 51, Super Lemon Haze. 52, Super Silver Haze. 53, Soul Assassin OG Kush. 54, Power Train. 55, Presidential Bubba Kush. 56, Sour Bubble. 57, Super Skunk. 58, Super Sour NYC. 59, Stinky Pink. 60, Purple Urkel. 61, Purple Gorilla. 62, Strawberry Cough. 63, Super Venom. 64, Tangerine Haze. 65, Strawberry Kush. 66, Purple Princess. 67, Purplicious. 68, Super Cristo. 69, Venom OG. 70, White Diamond. 71, Super GOP. 72, Red Hair Mistress. 73, Acapulco Gold. 74, you probably remember that from the 70s. 74, <laughs> Blue Dream. 75, Sour Diesel. 76, Granddaddy Purple. 77, Maui Wowie. Heard of that too. 78, Golden Goat. 79, Northern Lights. 80, White Widow. 81, Super Silver Haze. Wait a minute, that was on here already. That was 52 and 81. Cereal. Mm. What are you smoking? We call foul. 82, Pineapple Express. 83, Fruity Pebbles. 84, Nova OG. 85, Pink Starburst. 86, Chiquita Banana. 
that come from the Banana Wars. 87, King Tut. 88, Bruce Banner, number three. 89, Gorilla Glue, number four. 90, Blissful Wizard. 91, Girl Scout Cookies. 92, Grease Monkey. 93, Godfather OG. THC of 36%. In my opinion, the strongest by far. <laughs> I want to know what's the difference between Grape Ape and Purple Gorilla. Yeah, there's also Gorilla Glue. Number four. He just can't be trusted. Yeah. Now, I'm not a a pot smoker, at least not in this current uh, date and time or for quite some time. Uh, but I recognize a lot of these names. Grape Ape. Stinky Pink. <laughs> oh, you got us. names on that list. You got a Serio. How did I know that it was going to go in that direction? Because, like, the third word in the letter was joints. He couldn't be serious. Yeah. Serio. I would like to demonstrate that you can live your name by listing for us as many different types of joints as you can. Well, I think we got we got more in the wood joints than we would have in the other kind of joints. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, serio. It was no serio. Yeah. We're going to have to have him back on to elaborate yeah. on his... Uh, yeah. His... I wonder if he was able to do that all from memory. Yeah. That would be quite the feat. That's a lot of research. Especially him being a PK. <laughs> well, you know, they sound pretty progressive. It might, it might get away yeah, with that. Yeah, that's true. I like those Catholics. <laughs> of which we are non-practicing members. <laughs> you can't smoke pot and be a Catholic, but you can have a crippling alcoholism <laughs> that you just, you know... Only engage in in the evening. <laughs> oh god! As long as it's after work, you can drink as much as yeah. you want. Yeah, you got to get up and get to work. That's right. And fill the you know when that plate goes around. Yes, you put in your fair share, ten <laughs> percent. Well, those are that's all the questions we got. Which that's a pretty good amount. Yeah. Uh, sounds like our. Our call to action has been answered. Yeah, I appreciate it. Believe yeah. me. Let me see. I got to go in here and uh, archive all of these so that I don't read them next time. Now, we got a lot of good questions. It's not going to be a runaway, I don't think. We, you know, we'll discuss it, but. I was just about to say we should have just gave, given Serio two glasses last time he was here. <laughs> He's gunning for a full set. Yeah. Service for 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we might have to start giving away two at a time. Yeah. Save on postage. We'll just have to have him back in, in uh, 10 weeks. We'll just give him the full set. There you go. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we do appreciate it. 
Yeah. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Don't uh, forget to write in. Check out heyfula.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Leave a, a review if you feel so inclined. You're going to mm-hmm. hear this this role. This, basically, this spiel runs in the, in the post roll. Uh, but you're going to hear it twice. Or you could yeah. probably just turn... You turn can just skip that part this week. Yeah. But you probably skip it anyway. Yeah. It's like the commercials. You get up, you know, go get a snack. Yeah. That's why we give Hayflow the live reading every week because, it, you know, we slip it in. Can't, uh, can't escape it. Uh, so, yeah. Leave a review. Join the Patreon if you want. Uh, follow us on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. All right. Later on. As always, Rob and I thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can join our Patreon, or you can use one of our affiliate links in the podcast description for vesting finishes or Myoderm CBD pain relief cream. Um, Again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. 